How do It's Old New Borrowed Who, the meandering biography podcast hosted by two dull Joshes. Each episode, we explore the life of a famous actor, deciding whether they've been naughty or nice, and then look over the three of their films and discuss what we liked and how we could make it better. Or is that even possible? Um, my name's Josh Hooten. I'm the host that dies and comes back, and across from me is... Josh Jones, the host that comes back and dies. We can hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, a little delay this week before we've come back in, but um, I'm all better. Don't worry. Your heartfelt messages were felt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some emergency dental work, which meant I couldn't talk, which was not great for an audio-based... Wasn't wasn't ideal. No. But you're okay now. I'm all good now, yeah. Um, got a new tooth. You could you could do whatever you want with it. Oh, I can't. It's temporary. Within, within yeah. reason. Oh, yeah, you'd imagine. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be able to do stuff like, I don't know, eat a person or um, anything like that. Like, Mr. King Shark. Oh, what what a segue! Oh. I was waiting for that. I was I was going to go for something like throw the tooth, like use it as a weapon. But yeah, yeah. I thought I, I thought I just nice. throw it straight in nice. there. But yeah, um, obviously since we last recorded, uh, Suicide uh, the Suicide Squad yeah. has come out, directed by the one and only James Gunn. Yes, and we both watched it, and um, and it's it's good. It's good. It's actually really enjoyable. It's better than the last one. It couldn't be much worse, could it? Is it as good as Guardians? Better. You think it's better than Guardians? Yeah, in my ratings it is. Fair. I, but I I'd d- agree. I don't know if it's better than Guardians 2, but I think it's better than Guardians 1. I don't know if it's recency biased, though, and I do find that with a lot of my films. If I watch it for the first time, they tend to either be inflated one way or the other. That's funny, because... So I was thinking about this the other day. I know we completely, we've already segued away from Suicide Squad, but that whole thing, I think that my gut reaction to coming out of a film is more what I should base my review on that film with, as because I think, unless unless there is some real thought behind the film where you're like oh actually, no or you it really keeps coming back and you go, wow maybe that was actually brilliant, I think generally your gut reaction when you leave that film oh, is yeah. like what the film has left you with, if that makes sense. I mean, I watched this very late. I was absolutely shattered, and I was watching it. And it was rolling into about midnight, and I was oh, like, shit. "But it kept me awake." And I really, and that's the thing. Like, I was entertained that not that I fall asleep during films, but yeah. I kept awake. Uh, Karis, my partner, who's always asleep, was in bed watching it with me, and she stayed awake during it, um, and really enjoyed it as well. But it, mm. I think it hits the right markers, and it's. I don't know if again I gave it a higher marking just because of how disappointed I was with the last Suicide Squad. Which, obviously, there is now a leak of the original script has just come out of the original one, which um, Aya has confirmed is the real script of what he wanted it to be. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's that came out, I think, today or yesterday. Oh, that's cool. So, very well, recently. Do you know if it's any different? Have you looked at it? Uh, apparently, it's quite different. It's a lot darker and grittier and a lot far less focus on Enchantress and things like that. It was more on the their struggle with being criminals and like, what they were doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it seems like it's interesting. I've not read it all, not done things. I've just like, looked at clips of it, but I'm sure mm. you can find it online if you're really that interested. Because mm. they're never releasing an air cut. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That it's, I don't think that that film, especially since it's been softly like soft rebooted, I, I don't think that film should be touched again. No, I mean, you say soft reboot, they use a lot of the same characters, which I like, so it can be seen as an earlier thing, but they never reference it, do they? I think it's a sequel, if anything. It is a sequel, because they've still got uh, Viola Davis, um, they've got Harley Quinn, obviously, and uh, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. I think that's about it for Rick them. Flag. 
Was Rick Flagg in the original one? Yeah. I couldn't remember him being in the original one. He's literally the leader in the original one. <laughs> I thought Will Smith was the leader in the original one. No, he's he's Deadshot, but he's not. I took the him leader. as. But I, it's it's Will it's a Will Smith and Harley Quinn vehicle. The last one, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Will Smith and Margot Robbie vehicle. Um, I should be to to make it so they're clear <laughs> on the same lines. Um, yeah, where guess. they met and had a nice time by the all by all accounts yes. by the sounds of things. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, yeah good, good, good one. I'd recommend it if you enjoy Guardians, you'll like it. If you enjoy something like Deadpool, you'll like it. It's that sort of vibe. Yeah, it is. It's 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 again that poppy sort of. It feels like a comic book. Yeah, it's like it's done really. It's got that self awareness that a lot of comic books have. Yeah, and it is very self. I think it's a lot more like um, actually. I think if you like the boys, the TV series, I think that's probably the closest sort of vibe to it. Maybe less sexual, but it's it's. I think that's yeah, less sexual than the boys. That's for sure. But it's closer. Yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of. But again, the good thing about this is they're not really super beings, really. But for most part, are they? They're just most well. They all have powers. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's it's not over the top like a lot of superheroes. Is what I mean. It's a bit. Grounded, it's not really at all. But um, well, no, but it's because it's it, it's a collection of all the the sort of the throwaway villains. Yeah, it's the villains that they have for one one comic. Deadshot. Yeah. Although De- Deadshot, they they have for a few. It's more like but, you know, I was, was going to go like yeah. they've got Deadshot, they've got um, Bloodsport, they've got uh, any other <laughs> two words sort of. Uh, oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's that sort of guy. But yeah, well worth well, well worth checking out. We won't spoil anything, but um, good to see that. Fun cinema is mm. back, and it looks like it's keep going. So, uh, yeah, our clue last week was a quick clue. Um, well, not last week, last episode. <laughs> supplied by you, um, Josh Jones. Not by you, the public. You, the viewer. Yes. Uh, it seemed to get a lot, a lot of people got it, from what I heard. Um, mm. uh, it was, one of the Bronte sisters is not as sharp as the others. Would you like to explain this, as it was your clue? Emily. Emily Bronte. Oh. And, and not as sharp. She's blunt. Nice, Emily Blunt. I know. I know. My dad made a lovely, awful. Oh no, was it my dad? No, Wayne. It was Wayne. It was Keris's dad. He's, he's my future dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something about Charlotte. Car- something was it? Yeah. Car- no, it's like Cardi. Was oh, something with Cardi B. B. I, don't I don't know. I just sort of let it let it slide. <laughs> just smiled <laughs> and nodded. Um, but yeah, before we jump into um, her life, what do you know about Emily Blunt? Is this gonna be another sweet FA? No. Oh, no, Emily Blunt. I know. Not loads about because I think my first foray into her works was probably where I was actually aware that I was sort of watching Emily Blunt was Edge of Tomorrow, so, so 2014. So post that, I've been aware of her, and I know like so she was born British but has is now an American national after marrying John Krasinski. Okay, Krasinski. 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 Um, that's pretty much the extent but I, I quite like her I think she's quite like she's a good, she's good actress and she she always comes across well. I like people who come across well when they're on stuff like Graham Norton as she yeah. always does well that's uh, I think the uh, obviously we know we'll talk about the film that we were discussing but hmm. The Rock said that he's pro- she's probably the funniest person he's ever worked with oh on really set. yeah that's and, cool which is good he's been with Kevin Hart yeah because <laughs> fuck Kevin Hart is what he said he was like fuck you Kevin Hart I like her more um, but yeah let's let's go in so before yeah, I go cool. into her life I just want to say as usual I've used IMDb and Wikipedia for some of the information along with Britannica the famous people and some other further sites 
Nobiography.com for her. <gasps> she's not big enough for Biography.com, but big enough for Britannica. I'd say she's a huge actress at the moment, but but what do I know? I mean, you shouldn't talk about weight after she was told to be rake thin for Devil Wears Prada. Oh, was she really? Her and... Uh, oh, I get... Her, I, and Anne, her and Anne Hathaway had to lose weight for their roles and they were being monitored on set for it. I know it sounds awful, but I get it for that That was part. That was the yeah. thing, yeah. But Not I, that it should ever be a no. thing, but, yeah, but if, very you're, much if you're, you're playing that yeah. role, yeah. <laughs> so before we digress any further, let's dive into her childhood. Yeah. Sit down, you're too old to be standing. So, born February 23rd in 1983 in Roehampton, southwest London. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Olivia Leah Blunt is the second of four children. Felicity, there's Felicity, your older sister, and then Sebastian and Susanna, which is spelt like Savannah, but with a Suze at the beginning. It's like A double A. So it's A double N A H at the end. Susanna. Is that how Susanna out of Trini and Susanna? I have no idea. I just. It just looks strange to me. To, I think like, that's how you spell Susanna. I just don't like this. I don't like, this, I don't oh, like okay. the name, but that's okay. that's another thing. Sorry if you're called Susanna listening to this. Go by Sue. Uh, uh, she was born to Oliver Simon Peter Blunt, hmm. um, who was a barrister, and Joanna Mackey, who was a teacher. Joanna was uh, not just a teacher, not that a teacher is just a teacher or just a career. I'm busy covering myself here because yeah. there are definitely t- teachers listening to this. It's great to be a teacher. But she also has an actress. She was also an actress for seven TV uh, credits, but they're mainly for like TV um, shows and like one-off things. Mm. Um, mainly known for the TV miniseries Lily. But that was her mum. So her mum was an actress, but mainly a teacher. Um, cool. There are some notable family mem- uh, members as well for her. Um, her grandfather was Major General Peter John Blunt, a logistics officer in the army who was awarded the George Medal for risking his life to save one of his drivers. Wow. So it's known uh, the George Medal was awarded for gallantry, not in the face of the enemy. So I don't know yeah. what, what was up with his driver, but it's that's why it differs from the George Cross, mm-hmm. if anyone's interested in that. And her uncle is Crispin Blunt, which I think is a great name. Mm. Crispin Blunt, it sounds like, like a rap name mm. that you're trying to... You are crisp and blunt. Yeah, Crispin Blunt. Yeah, he could be just yeah stage name, but he's a Conservative Party politician, and has been an MP oh, for Reigate, R E I G A T. Yeah, that's rather good yep. for me. Yep, for, since nineteen ninety seven, and was the Under Secretary of State for Prisons and Youth Justice between twenty ten and twenty twelve. So interesting. Good friends with is that Miss Theresa May at that point? Was that when twenty ten to twenty twelve? That's Cameron, isn't it? Yes, it is, because May was... I don't, I don't want to go yeah, into yeah. it, but yeah. Under Cameron. Um, but she And she's not related to James Blunt. No, that's not a famous family member. I just thought I'd put it out okay. there. Whenever I looked at facts for her, it was all like, not related to James Blunt. I was like, that's not a fact. No, a, fact just... a, a fact is stating something that has happened, or something that but how is... how many people have gone, yeah, two people famous called Blunt? Maybe because... Must be... Maybe must they be think related. she's beautiful. Yeah, good one. It's true. Um... <laughs> Blunt was educated in a co-ed <laughs> private school called Ipstock Place, uh, Ipstock Place School, uh, where she is probably the most notable alumni. Uh, whilst younger, she had a stammer and engaged in relaxation classes to resolve this. Um, it sort of helped, but at age 12, she was asked to play a character with a different voice, which helped overcome the stammer and was a turning point for her. She used the northern accent and it removed the stammer entirely. That's cool. So, turns out acting and putting these other accents on I'm sure to... we've had I can't remember who else it was but there are definitely people who we've spoken about who had speech impediments as kids um, and turned to acting there are a few other I know Samuel L. Jackson was Emma Stone one 
Emma Stone, I don't think, was. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's a famous oh, yeah. one for it because he used to put the word mo- like, put motherfucker in everything and that was his way of getting past the stammer. Oh, so he used it as like, really? a, almost like a, it's like a touchstone. Like a tick? Yeah. Wow. So that's how he got past his speech medium. There are a few others on there. I can't remember who else we've come across that's done it. But yeah, mm. we've definitely talked about other people with stammers. But I think I think it's the putting yourself in a different person's mm. that's really cool. being. You sort of forget. Um so following her time at Ipstock, she attended Hurtwood House in Surrey. Shut up, that's literally around the corner from me. Yeah. I know someone who went to Hurtwood House. A private sixth form college known for its performing arts programme. Yeah. Yeah, she, she went there. And she was uh, and when she was there, she was signed with an agent and began her acting career. Fucking hell. So she's from, she, went, she went to school around the corner from where you live. Yeah, li- li- literally. That's like, yeah. Um, so a few other notable alumni from the Surrey School are Emily Beecham, Jack Houston and Hans Zimmer. Didn't know Hans Zimmer went there. That's cool. Yeah, so I didn't know he did acting. That's cool. I think it was just mu- oh, it was it was just performing arts. So yeah. he did his like musical. There's a few other like um, makeup and other people who've like graduated from there. So it's most sort of there's singing, there's mm. dancing, there's uh, acting. That's oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know either of those people, but uh, obviously Jack Huston is um, in the lead in the remake of Ben Hur. Yes, it's probably the most famous role. Um, I just thought I'd say who that was because I think that was a name that I didn't. Didn't know off the top and then I looked and went, oh, of course it's him. <laughs> uh, so she started out on stage, performing consistently between 2001 and 2004, where she was named Best Newcomer by the Evening Standard. That's cool. Which is quite a notable sort of thing to get. She's seen, it, it, all, the, all the British actors who we talk about seem to have started on stage. Yeah. And not many of the Americans. It's a different sort of, I think it's a different sort of theatre. But, but, but I guess it's because over here, if you're, you're into acting, you go, you go to London... And the big thing in London is the West End. Yeah. Whereas in America, in America if you're into acting, you go Hollywood. Well, it, it depends, doesn't it? Or it's, New York. It depends if you're so. West Coast, East Coast, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's where you want to want to go. Yeah. There's not if you go to London in the in the UK, which obviously where a lot of like Pinewood and all that sort of thing was. You don't go there for movies. You get you go there for mm. for stage. Well, yeah. Definitely used to anyway. <laughs> a sad sad state of affairs. <laughs> Uh, she soon moved into TV before uh, being noticed for film. In 2005, she got her first role and has gone from strength to strength and become a household name. So, yeah, that's sort of her life, life up to acting. Life up to film, yeah. So, just did, well, was, was a child, overcame a stammer, um, and yeah, went to, decided that's what she wanted to do. Very she cool. did also originally want to be an interpreter for the UN. Um, like a, like oh, awesome. a site, like a, that sort of thing. But yeah. she obviously went and did this instead, which... I'm quite happy with because I probably watch her more now than if she was an interpreter for the UN. I don't do That's much. Right. I don't do much with the UN myself. No, but they might have a big conference coming up soon. So oh, you never know. Could be in- entertaining. <laughs> uh, so let's have a look. Do you want to have a look at her personal life? Of course I do. I'll open the tabloid. We'll have a little look at her personal life. So uh, she was dating Michael Bublé between 2005 Shut and 2008. Up, really? Yeah. <laughs> so she was a long-term girlfriend. Before they split, she appeared on the album. Call Me Irresistible, where she briefly sings, at the end of the song, uh, Me and Mrs. Jones. You can hear her voice at the end of that song on that album. Bloody hell. Also, the song um, Everything, you know, the song Everything by Michael Bublé? No. It's about her. Oh, cool. So, if you really like Emily Blunt, as much as Michael Bublé did back in 2005-2008, listen to Everything. There we go. (laughs) He probably doesn't want to listen to it as much anymore, but yeah. Uh, So... They left, uh, she left him, or they split up. I don't know if she left him or how it worked, but yeah. 2008, they broke up. Um, she started dating actor slash director now, John Krasinski. Uh, they started dating in 2008, were engaged in 2009, and then married in 2010. They have two children together, 
called Hazel and Violet. But yeah, she's hey. she had those kids. I think she had Hazel four months before she started filming Edge of Tomorrow, and Violet's about six months before she started doing um, the second uh, Mary Poppins film. So she was very quick. I haven't done a sequel. Oh, you mean as uh, in yeah, yeah, the her, Mary Poppins the Mary film Poppins that she was in? Right. Yeah, sorry. I thought you meant there's a sequel coming out. No, that. no, sorry. It was, it, in my head, it's the second Mary Poppins yeah, yeah. film. Um, but it's a sequel. And there is a prequel, which is Saving Mr. Banks. So there's three oh, Mary yeah. Poppins films. Of course. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, and she's a Yank now. I have got that on there. So she is now a dual citizen of UK and US, which she is found hard to accept and still says she's British. Does she? That's yeah. interesting, because I remember when she first did it, and she was very excited about being American. I'm sure it was it was on the it was on the press tour for something, and she was talking about it. I, it might have been like A Quiet Place or something. I because, um, think that would be about 2015 she did that, so it would be... It would have been Quiet Place then. Quiet Place was, yeah, Quiet Place was 2016, Edge of about 2014, so somewhere between those films yeah. she would have been doing that press tour. Probably would have been... Edge tomorrow, uh, not Edge tomorrow. Uh, quiet place yeah. on the press tour, which would make sense that she's saying how much she loves it if she's doing a press covers with her husband, husband <laughs> who also yeah starred and directed and yeah. wrote it. Yeah, you you got to sell up as much as you yeah. can. But um, I think it's I think that's interesting. But it, I think it's so, really cool. She, I mean, she's lived there since she was with him. Yeah, which is she, they, they've never lived in England together. Yeah, they live in Brooklyn, I believe it is. Yeah. I didn't write that down, but yeah. I wonder what I wonder what accent their kids have. They must have American accents. But she's got such a British accent. Not that there's one British accent. You know what I mean? She's it's, got that staring. quintessential. Well, I mean, if you go to private schools and you're yeah. from Surrey, yeah, what do you expect, Josh? I know. Yeah. Well, you could end up like me. <laughs> well, yeah, real Cockney geezer. <laughs> I am not. Um, but she's yeah, she's got that sort of set accent they're very british he's clearly american in his his accent but also they they live in america they go to american schools it's not like yeah exactly they're surrounded by that it's it's more where you're it's, it's more where you live than who's like your parents i think because you spend more time with others and you try and fit yeah. in with them don't you as as a kid talking i guess especially if your parents are actors oh that sounds awful but surely they're away a lot i'm well yeah well I've, Probably more her than him by the looks of it. Although he's doing his own things, isn't he? Like Jack Ryan and all, or Jack Reacher and all those. I saw sort of him TV filming series. Jack Reacher in London. Hmm. So yes, they are probably away quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, she has several fears. I thought I'd okay. bring these in. So she has a fear of heights. Understandable. I think that's quite quite a normal fear. Mm-hmm. Cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Again, quite normal. And putting on gloves. Really. She she used to scream as her mum used to put on gloves when she was a kid. She just does not like it. She does not like having gloves on her hands. She has a fear of gloves being on her hands. I mean, it makes more sense the fear of the gloves being on the hands than just gloves in general. So I don't know if I see it. But I kind of get it. it you could, get it. <laughs> it's almost yeah. In the it's almost claustrophobic. I don't know if I see it because no matter what clothes you wear, obviously with the exception of gloves, your hands are out. They are like constantly you. You are able to touch things, and I kind of get how that could be quite limiting and yeah, quite claustrophobic in yeah. a way, isn't it? Yeah, I get, I get it. I mean, I'd never say I had a fear no, of it. I, yeah, no, I don't. Yes, I mean, I was that kid who didn't like getting paint on his hands in school um, oh, really? and stuff like that because again, it made my hands feel sticky. I wasn't so same sort of thing, but I'd never said a fear of paint being on my hands. No, <laughs> maybe I do. Um, she is also so her sister is. 
Felicity. Mm. Um, he, she is now married to Stanley Tucci, so she is brother and sister-in-law oh, with him. Yeah. So yeah, so she's also related to Stanley Tucci now, who she obviously worked in with in yes. Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I was trying to remember where I've seen them both on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. They used to try and one-up each other in scenes, like because they were both supporting characters. Yeah. The whole idea was they were both just trying to one-up each other Hilarious. in who could do it more. Bear in mind, that's like her first Hollywood film. <laughs> she's done a couple of independent yeah. and goes, you know what, I'm going to play with the big boys. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I can go in there. And her party trick, because I've got this down here, Nice. is she's able to mimic the trill of a pigeon. Oh, cool. Do you, do you want to give a go at it, Josh? <laughs> go on. You can... That's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to just go... Cool. <laughs> so I'm, glad that's, I'm glad that's what we got. No, I, used to, I used to hear them outside my window all the time back home. And like, you used to talk back to them? Was, was I the... did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> made sure that they, they were did, doing my bidding. Did you have like cannon strings or did yeah. you just, just chat no, the window? No, I mean, you know me. I'm a wartime boy. I was sticking messages to their feet, like, <laughs> sending them off. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe me... Do you want to go on Club Penguin? <laughs> go, go away. Pigeon, Pigeon was busy having a confliction as he was sending <laughs> Club Penguin. Why not Club Pigeon? Um, but yeah, I suppose Tin Cannon Strings is sort of a hat on a hat with the messenger system, isn't it? Yeah. Really <laughs> adding too much. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got about her, her personal life and beforehand. Um, I filled out her personal life a little bit more. Purely because... We personally, you, you filled out her personal life? Yeah, I personally did. You. Yeah, I've I've been going around throwing cockroaches at her, putting gloves on when she's asleep, just to have that in here, yeah. It's, that's why I was away for a week. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. I was busy busy causing mayhem um, on the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> so, should we move on to Naughty or Nice? Lost cooing like a pigeon. Oh, she, she came, she... she she doesn't just do it, she listens. She goes, oh yeah, there's a pigeon, I'm going to say hello. I feel like I'm back on the streets of London. And she started doing Mary Poppins for me, as I was just pretending to be a lady covered in them. Um, just, wow, that was a lovely tangent, I liked yeah. it. Um, naughty or nice? Let's move on to naughty or nice. Do you think she's naughty nice. or nice? You'd think that, wouldn't you? But there's nothing about it. Oh, is there not? So there's very little. I had a little look. They, normally you talk about their philanthropy. But mm. There's nothing about that. There's no run-ins with the law. There's nothing. But do they as a family do philanthropic stuff? Nothing right? that I could see. And I yeah, looked on his page as well. But the um, only thing I can see is that she sits on the board. Uh, she's a member uh, on the board of the American Institute of Stuttering to try and help that. So that's... That's nice. I mean, obviously it's a thing that affected her as a kid. So it's now got feeding back, which is good. But that's literally all I could find about mm. her. Um, but I imagine she's... She's nice enough for Michael Bublé. Yeah, well, she's... Nice she's... Enough for... Well, she... who who ended it? Well, we don't know. Oh. But the fact that they broke up and then she was dating John Krasinski very yeah. shortly afterwards, I don't want to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have done more more investigation rather than sitting outside her apartment <laughs> killing like a pigeon. But well, here we are. Um, but I think, for the most part, she's nice uh, for that. There's nothing on there, and I don't think that it's a bad thing. And from the way she comes across, she seems like quite a nice person. The Rock, if The Rock said that she's yeah, and I always listen to The Rock. He's a lot bigger than me. Yeah, that's the same with most people, to be honest. But he does all, you know, does have the whole what you know what The Rock would say. <laughs> what he does that whole bit, doesn't he? No, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, nice. We'll stick her on the nice list. Yeah. 
Well, she, well, she well, can stay on the nice list until she fucks up. We'll give it until she fucks up. No. I, in our eyes, you're, you're now. The I'm act- keeping an eye. You're, you're keeping an eye on everyone. So if there's any updates, I'm keeping an eye on everyone. All right, keep an eye on us. Actually, you can keep an eye on Emily Blunt because I know you've got quite close in your scouring of Brooklyn. That that that's it. She, yeah. You can have her. I'll you, you keep an eye on everyone else. Yeah. I'll, I'll continue my pigeon watch. <laughs> It's like a terrible version of Springwatch, isn't it? Where you have me dressed it's as a pigeon a, watching just a people. Dodgy, pervy remake of Rear Window <laughs> with you. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's not—it's not you looking out the rear window. It's you looking in the rear window from the like back streets of I'm, New York. I am the girl in a window. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah. that rubbish. Anyway, should we look at notable accomplishments then? Yeah, go on. Uh, so I have the three main sort of. Well, there's four main categories. I tend to think for when you're looking at film, it tends to be. Academy Awards, BAFTAs, Golden Globes, and normally Emmys is what you look at. Yeah. But I've put in Screen Actor Guilds because there was no Emmys on there. Or I think Screen Actor Guilds are quite important. Quite important as well. Because that's, isn't that, that's all voted for by other actors. actors it feels it? that way. So um, that's why I put it on there. Um, mm. So, BAFTAs. She was nominated for the Rising Star Award um, in 2007 for Devil Wears Prada. That's cool. She was also nominated for Best Actress and Supporting Role for Devil Wears Prada in 2007 for BAFTA. Wow. And her other nominations, so she had three nominations, no wins, was actress in a lead role in 2017 for... For Mary Poppins. The Girl on the oh. Train. Oh, shut up. Was she nominated? Oh, you're annoyed now. Wait and see how many more times that piece of garbage shows what up. What the... F- um, Golden Globes. Best Supporting Actress for Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Best Supporting in a Series. Miniseries of a Movie. For Gideon's Daughter, which she won. So she has won one Golden Globe mm. for supporting a TV... Uh, I think it's um, a TV movie, Gideon's Daughter, when I look at it. But okay. it's a remake of a play into a TV oh, movie. Cool. Um, in 2010, she was nominated for Best Actress in a Motion Picture for Young Victoria. Again, nominated in 2013 for Musical Comedy for Salmon Fishing on the Yemen. I remember mm. Young Victoria coming out. I didn't realise that was her. Yes, she's in good now. I'm scouring. I, I haven't watched it, but... I saw a picture and I didn't recognise it when I scrolled through it. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Um, 2015, again, musical comedy, nominated uh, for Best Actress for Into the Woods. Yeah, um, she was outstanding in that. Really good. Um, and last nomination for musical comedy in 2019 for Mary Poppins Returns. There we go. Um, Screen Actors Guild. Was that only 2019? It feels like that. I think that's no, it was, 20, it was 2018 that was. Yeah. But obviously the, the award yeah, came yeah, out yeah. in 2019 for that one. But yeah, I agree. That feels much longer ago than yeah. three years. Yeah. Like that feels like a five five minimum years ago. That's why I thought it was a 2017 one. Because James Corden was still, I think, likeable when that came out. <laughs> Are you talking about Into the Woods or Mary Poppins? Into the Woods is what I was. Oh. oh, I was talking about Mary Poppins. And yeah, yeah. Into the Woods did come out. Six Into the Woods ago. did come out, yeah. Mary Poppins <laughs> feels right for where it is for me. Oh, fair. Okay. It feels like it was, it's was. it been out longer. For me. I got I got lost there. I was reading the next number of 2017 again, and I didn't know where I was. So, 2017 in Screen Actors Guild, um, she was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress for The Girl on the Train, again, mm-hmm. which I do not get at all. Mm. I, don't, I didn't like it at all. No, I didn't. I did not rate it. I didn't think her performance was that good either. Until the second uh, half. She was better in the second half than she was in the first half. When she was doing drunk, I didn't like I it. I think that entire film is a is a is is an issue with the director. I think it's also a lot that's in America rather than the UK. I think she it? I think I think she's I think she's good in it, but I, I do feel like watching her in that and then watching her in the other stuff, I know this isn't where we talk about it, but she if it, it feels off and the only thing I can think of is that the director was 
telling her to do off stuff. I don't think... Yeah. I feel like she's got more about her than being able to do that. I don't know. I mean, she does drunken fucking Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. She says it fine. And, just, and there it felt yeah. very hokey, didn't it? Almost like, you know, when a kid's got like... Had a shandy, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so drunk," and that sort of mm. thing, you know. Um, not, not that I'm saying feed kids shandies, but that's because they get stronger. You can't fight them. <laughs> but you can fight them, but you shouldn't. Um, 2019, Screen Actors Guild. She was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. And she was also nominated for nominated for Supporting Actress that year for Screen Actors Guild for A Quiet Place. Cool. Which she won. So yeah, she's got one Screen Actors Guild. She won Guild. for Quiet Place. Supporting Actress, yes. Which she was amazing beating, in. Beating us... Oh no, because sorry, they're different. Lead Actress yeah. was for Mary Poppins. Yeah, she was very good. She was very good in it. I think, gonna... I think she was better in A Quiet Place, personally. But I preferred it as a oh, film. Oh, I don't I know. I, I think... I know it's so stupid, but I think to take the mantle from... Yeah, Andrews I agree. And actually come out with a good performance that was just convincing and joy. It felt it felt like Mary Poppins still. Which, yeah, I agree. I mean, I haven't. I can't remember the last time that we saw a film where someone has taken the mantle and it hasn't been. I mean, you see it with you see it with like biopics and stuff, though, don't you? Or biopics, however you want to say it. Yeah, but I don't think that's the same thing. I think because it, it, it's such an the only thing you know, it's like when. You you redo uh, Han Solo. Yeah, okay, like, it was a I good get performance, it, yeah. but it wasn't Han Solo I so was it's, watching. Yeah, so it's taking to me, that famous. It, it was, it, but it's retaining the retaining the character of the original. In that Han Solo wasn't a bad performance from the new guy, yeah. but it wasn't Han Solo to me. It didn't feel like the old Han. Whereas this very much felt still like. And Mary again, Poppins. this is different to like. James Bond, where they're doing their own version. Yeah, and they? they all feel different anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm trying to think of anything else that can compete with that. Um, the Hulk? And, well, they didn't really feel, they didn't feel they the just same. Got, they got better each time, the performers, didn't they? I, I wouldn't say from the actor. I think Ed Norton was, is a better actor than Mark Ruffalo. It was just a different style of Hulk. Yeah, but the first one was Eric Banner, wasn't it? Yeah, and then, they were both. And then Ed Norton. Yeah. Yeah. But I prefer Ed... I prefer Ed Norton to oh, okay. Mark Ruffalo. I think Mark Ruffalo's too. Uh, I'm a sad Hulk. <laughs> Hulk smash. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like Hulk smash. It's like, oh, oh, my mum doesn't love me. <laughs> Just pushing things off the side. That's how I feel with Mark Ruffalo. But I digress. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. I have been, I'm just going all over the shop. But maybe that's what I need to be doing. Anyway, movies, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just really two young guys who ha uh, we're fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people wh whom uh, it's coming upon us to, there's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds. Movies. Yeah. So, as always, we have selected three movies to go back and look at. Mm. One based on the reason we're doing it, which will be the new release on Disney, which is... Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. So, Jungle Cruise is our um, main sort of feature, I suppose, for this one. Mm -hmm. um, and then we both choose one. So I chose uh, the five-year engagement. Mm. And Josh Jones chose... I chose The Edge of Tomorrow. And I'm going to I'm gonna address this now. Why? I'm going to address this now. Oh, I don't know what you need I, to address, but... That I feel like we've picked two bad films for Emily Blunt. Not that they are bad films innately. I think they are poor choices considering... 
the stuff that she's done. I feel like I... we haven't. But between, I I don't know, I don't know what to because she she's very good. She's quite a jack of all trades, I think, in her performance and ability. And we've got action, and we've got rom com. We've got rom com action, and we've I think but, then she sort of moves into like comedy. But, but I feel like, you know, as I'm sure we're gonna inevitably talk about later, things like Sicario and A Quiet Place. They're you know they I wouldn't say they're action films. They're like yeah, but I dram- think I drama, I would like put thrillers. I you got you got sci fi with her, which was I think Edge of Tomorrow, Looper, mm. things like that. You have the rom com era where you have like Devil Wears Prada, yeah. Salmon Fishing in the Yemen is a rom com for yeah, yeah. for what it is, and five year engagement. And then you have sort of the more I think marketable stuff, which is more like the Mary Poppins one and Jungle Cruise, so I, and Romeo and Juliet. So I think we are hitting quite a few areas. You yeah, I maybe think they're not the best ones no. in those areas. Right. But by the same token, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think this yeah. is a, we're just talking about her. I mean, it gives people exactly. more films potentially to look at, unless yeah. these are her three best films. They're not her three best. They're films. not her three best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm genuinely got, I I I love Edge of Tomorrow with all my heart, but I feel like for the Abby Bubshaw podcast, I when by the time we've got to now and we've already watched all the films, I'm like, oh, I really should have picked Mary Poppins. That was a silly decision, I think. But had I done that, we'd be. I think I also, that's too similar to. But I think it's good we've got a nice spread because yeah. obviously we've got 2012, 2014, and 2021. So it's a, nice a lovely spread of Emily Blunt. Who doesn't want? Oh, this is. Are you sure you don't want to be the pigeon outside her window? <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm saying a lovely spread of films. I don't know what you're insinuating. Yes, John. it was all my fault there. I wasn't <laughs> led at all. Anyway, should we move on to the very first film? Yeah, let's do it. So the very first film we're doing is My Choice, which is The Five-Year Engagement, um, starring her and Jason Segel. Who's doing the three this week? I believe it's, it's me. you. Yeah. Because cool. I did uh, Wrath of Man and... Yeah. yeah. Did Correct. I do Wrath of Man? Yeah, yes, I did. did. And you, you, you weren't happy with it or something. I can't remember. It was another film. It was just a bit of a... It was just a bit of... Yeah, a bit of naff. Anyway, I'll do The Five-Year Engagement in... A, in a minute. In a minute. Here we go. Plot. Um, it's a film. It follows... Oh, five well year... done. <laughs> Perfect. It follows a five-year engagement. Um, Emily Blunt and Jason Segel have got engaged. It starts very much with them... Well, them getting engaged. And then it follows their life together as she starts succeeding. He starts making compromises. And it's the to- story of their relationship as both struggle um, with the choices that are being made. He struggles with leaving his profession and watching his best friend do better than him and taking doing his life. She watches her sister do things that she wish she was partly doing, but she's also really happy that her career is prospering. There's a moment where there's some sin and adultery and then they almost, and they break up and is it over what's happening? And it's a story of them getting back together. It's follow. It's a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. And that's it really. I don't think I need to go into specific details but that's the plot of the film really isn't it yeah i think i think you've i think you've nailed it um oh, do you want good to go description over... but were you to tell me the name of the action actor who has the same surname jason as Segal. jason yeah why do you not pronounce them the same because that's not how he's pronounced he's pronounced jason seagull as in like the Cause bird Se- yeah because seagull actually has an a in it what's he's got then ee Jason Seagull. Yeah, Seagull. Is it? Yeah. I always thought they were the same They're surname. not the same. Not the oh, same surname. Right. Oh, so okay. that's why I pronounce Fair. it. There you go. The correct, correct way. Correct, <laughs> clearly. How, yes. how do you pronounce it? Is it Jason Seagull? Yeah. 
No, it's like seagull because it's like pigeons, and that's how yeah. I got close to it. There we go. Yeah, so it stars <laughs> him. <laughs> it stars Emily Blunt. It stars uh, Jason Segel as the lead too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Alison Brie playing um, her sister. Yeah. Um, obviously, Emily With a Blunt's good sister. British accent, I think. With an all right British accent, I think the main reason they were cast is because brunette with big eyes. Yeah. They just they sort of work together, mm-hmm. and then you got uh, Fat Chris Pratt yeah. as uh, Jason Segel's uh, best friend and yeah. works in the restaurant. Other notable people is Reese Evans plays the college professor. Yep. Um, and there's a couple of other like notable people that you recognise throughout. I don't know if it's just because I I I, lo- I love him whenever I see him, but I think Reese Evans was fabulous in this. He was really good in this. Yeah, he was very very enjoyable. Yeah, um, he kills it. You'd never seen this before, had you? Nope. And it it so it caught you off guard. Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. It was also a lot longer than I thought it would be. This that film, I think it needs to this be. Film, <laughs> this film goes five-year engagement. That should take about two hours to cover yeah. five years. And you're thinking, it, it really shouldn't. But, it really shouldn't. But, it, yeah, it's... It, I think it's a very good story. I think it's... it's gen- I think it's genuinely one of the most real-feeling relationships in a rom-com. Yeah. It doesn't feel all whimsical. It feels special when it needs to. But it doesn't... It's not this sort of whirlwind... Oh my god, we're yeah, so it's... in love, and then there's something bad happens, and then I mean, it follows you know your rom com trope, which is great, 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 great. Something awful happens just before the end, and then it's all great at the end. But, but there is a lot more ups and downs on the way. I think with there this. are a lot more ups and downs, and there's and I think the the down is longer and more down than a lot of which I like, yeah, which I really like. This is what I mean. I think it, it felt, also it doesn't felt have quite real. It also doesn't have that moment. It doesn't have that normal thing which you have that the chase. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. It's very much like nah. They're together. It's mm. now will they survive together? Because mm. that's what it is. It's a survival film. It's very much like a quiet place, <laughs> <laughs> but it is that sort of like two people coexisting and trying to make it work. Um, I think the hardest, harshest thing I've read about this film was a review on Letterboxd oh, yeah. where it said Emily Blunt deserves an Oscar for pretending to oh, find one. Jason Segel attractive for two hours, um, which was which, which was harsh. Yeah, I think he's an attractive man. <laughs> I I think he's incredibly funny, and uh, he was. I remember he was told that um, he was never going to make it as a leading man. The only way he was going to do it is he wrote parts for himself, which is where, like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall came from. I was going to say, he did, did like, And <laughs> if you write plays, write the films yourself, and you're already marked, you're already known, Go. it helps that he's, like, six foot something, doesn't it's it? It's like so? Lin-Manuel Miranda, isn't it? Yeah, he's, Same thing. he's not particularly marketable, but he's, like, looking, so you have to write things for yourself. Mm. However, going back to this film, I, th- I think it's enjoyable. It's, just, it's like, with Me and Karis have watched this... I think twice now. Mm. I think at both times we enjoyed it, but I agree it's longer than it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some real genuine good laughs at it. Yeah. Like Very proper, funny. proper catch you off guard, belly laughs that I think are really good. And the climax at the end, I mean, things is going to be spoilers for this. It's, it's what, a nine-year-old film now? Mm. But the very ending is is really well done. Um, you're looking at me like that's going to be your favourite part of the film. It is my favourite part of the film, yes. Um, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. It's all right, but yeah, um, it was. It is. Um, in, te- in typical Jason Segel fa- fashion, he is naked partway through the film. Yeah, um, we don't see any full frontal. This no f- full frontal. We just see his his um his butt his butt, um, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, it's 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 good. I I like the him breaking down throughout it as nothing is going his way. Like he's he's meant to be this top chef. And now yeah, he's working the, in like a sandwich shop. Yeah, and the whole deer hunter 
side coming out of him where oh. everything in their house is now deer hide and yeah like literally the forks they're using a so little good. like deer feet that they've put things it's on it's so stupid but it's great um, out of curiosity go on because I think there are some similar themes you said you've watched this with Keris twice yeah but you wouldn't watch Marriage Story with Keris I think this has a lot more sort of real issues. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's more humour in this. That's what I mean. Like, you, yeah, okay, you can hide it. behind the humour because yeah. oh, something's happening. But don't worry, he's now gonna lose a toe because yeah, yeah. because he's fallen asleep naked oh, outside in the that, snow. You know, it's stuff like that, or someone's that. gonna or she's gonna get shot with a crossbow, or simple like it's over the top humour. Um, it's very slapstick as well, yeah. which I think appeals more to me than maybe a more typical rom com. Yeah, on the lines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, fun watch. I, and I would recommend this film to people to watch yeah. if they have two hours. And yeah, that's how the, would you improve it? <laughs> uh, do you want to do best bits first? Oh, I've already done mine, so you go. Um, I think my favourite bit is... My, well, my best bit is the song that Chris Pratt sings on his on the wedding. Oh, the Spanish song. Yeah, yeah, which then gets a reprise at the yeah. end, which feels very musical in its way, the fact that they do a reprise to it. But, yeah. uh, but I thought it was really... F- just funny, the fact that like, it was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was awful. And they're busy <laughs> crying because of how be- beautiful it is and that sort of thing. But I, I think that was just so good. Did you have so subtitles good. on? Did you, do you see the lyrics of the song? Or is it just... I did not have subtitles no. on. I don't know if... It, if, if... If there ever are lyrics to that, I song. feel like it, I don't feel like it matters. No. I just like the fact when they do the reprise. Obviously, um, she joins in as well yeah. for their for their wedding at the end. Um, yeah, that's your obviously your best bit is the end. Do yeah. you give any more information about the end or not? I mean, they they funnily enough they end up together, and um, the ending is just very sweet. It's because the whole thing is about them. The reason it's the five-year engagement is not not through lack of trying. Like, they keep wanting to get married and setting certain bits up and then it falls apart. And it happens again and again and again. And then finally, at the end, they basically do a, a real shotgun wedding, considering it's been five years. Yeah. Where... But I they think... Just, and yeah. it feels like that's the thing that needs to be done, wasn't it? That's It's that's so... It. And it's so lovely... It's just a great, it's a great moment. I've, I remember what the best bit actually is. Oh, yeah. It's the joke that it's not like anyone's going to die. And then another one of her grandparents would die. Oh, yeah. Every time throughout every the film. Time, <laughs> yeah. He was just like killing them off with this one saying. That is just a great recurring joke. To improve the film, though, it's clearly it needs some heavy editing. I th- Not heavy yeah. editing. I think you need to cut off 20 minutes of this film. Make it an hour and 40. Mm. And I think it's, accept- it's more acceptable at that point. Mm. Where do you cut it? Um, I don't need all the Kevin Hart. <laughs> um, oh yeah, don't need all the Kevin Hart, the Mindy, that sort of thing. I like the fact that they've got that going on, but realistically, you could have just had the her being a doctorate candidate and trying to get that sort of professor teaching with tenure, which then turns into. It that felt whole like they were just moment. getting some some more names in. It did feel that way, but it was 2012, so it was very early in all of their sort of mm. their their runs. But well, no, Mindy was writing at that point. Yeah, she was, and she was already in the office at that point, yeah. and she was doing a bit. But she wasn't in film. You know, it's it, mm. there's a difference between like a TV actress to being a film I don't actress. Think of what like, else she's really been in in film? Um, I want to say this is the end, but obviously the like, <laughs> film with uh, Emma Thompson, Late Night, came out two years ago. I've seen that. 
Um, but yes, that that's so, another one. That's another one that she came out with. It's her and Emma Thompson. They're the yeah, two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it just needs to be... It needs to be cut a little bit. Um, there was no point I that think he could also, it, No, I think the, the affair that he has feels really <laughs> sudden. And I feel like that it, it, I can't... And I, I don't know whether I would change that maybe. But equally, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a, you know, like Ross in Friends. It's that sort of... I know this girl. Yeah. I find her attractive, and I'm pissed off. I and then goes for it. Yeah, and I, I, I think that is a big point. I mean, I know me and Keris talked about it when it happened. It's like what she did was obviously horrible. Um, to but it wasn't fucking him. But it wasn't fucking him. <laughs> it was, it was obviously she kisses Reese Evans, who's her like her boss, and it's that Who sort wouldn't? of. I mean, you get it. But like it was like, <laughs> but it's a kiss. She obviously kisses back, and then it's like, oh no, I shouldn't be doing that. But it's because they sort of get on, and he's like mm. wallowing in, in in his own self pity. Mm. Um, and then he basically goes off and gets drunk, and then just tries to take advantage. He doesn't actually have sex. They sort of start, and they yeah. throw like meat all over each other. The whole scene's revolting. But I don't know it's if it's really weird. yeah. I, that whole it just felt really out of place. It did. For the entire thing. I mean, I would have preferred that he had... He went out with the intention to cheat and it was more like he'd gone out and drink and he goes to kiss someone and then decides that he can't but can understand why she did something. It's almost that that sort of, oh, I understand, rather than just going out and Mm. being a fuck pig. But uh, but the thing is, we need him to make a mistake. But his mistake, because it was really, it was a retaliation, is almost worse than what she did because it was like... She was like falling out of love with him because of how he was acting. I don't know. There's a lot in it, isn't there? Yeah. But I agree. It was a revolting scene. I quite happily get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, uh, what was your rating for this film then? Oh, you look shocked. You look I scared. Actually can't, I actually can't remember. I think it's. Th- I think three. I think yours was three point five. Is what you gave it? Was it? Yeah, I did really enjoy. It really caught me off guard with how much I actually enjoyed this film. Um, I gave it three years. Out of five, nice. um, I think my big issue was it dragged because um, it was quite long. I don't, I don't think it dragged. It was just it was longer than it deserved to be, um, and it was just a rom com. Would I rather watch that or Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I'd rather watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, which feels very much similar roles for him. Yeah, and he's sort of the running force in it, isn't he? That's I I, I don't know if that is true, but he gets the more laughs out of it, doesn't he? And that's that's the thing. Yeah. Cool. Good film, though. Yeah, enjoyable. Definitely, as I said, definitely recommend. But anyway, we'll move up forward. Two years' time. We'll yeah. move forward in time before we move back in time to move forward in time to move back in time right. and talk about The Edge of Tomorrow. The Edge of Tomorrow. Or Li- All You Need Is Kill. Or Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. Yeah. All You Need Is Kill was the Japanese book. Oh, is it? Kill, Die, Repeat is the American poster. Yeah. And then we had Edge of Tomorrow, which I think is is, is the best... I don't know. All you need is kill. Is a pretty hardcore title. <laughs> did you know it was a book? No, I did not know it was a book. Yeah, but that's good to know. I'm very interested to see. Do you know if there was differences between it and the book, or will I wait to ask you after you've done your minute synopsis? In all honesty, I don't know. Um, <laughs> although I did hear there there were rumours about a, a Full Metal Bitch sequel, which I'd be well here for. So do the previous yeah. iteration. Uh, right. So ready? Go. go. Okay, so uh, Tom Cruise is a general in the army and aliens have invaded. They've taken over pretty much all of Europe. France is a bastion. Well, no, actually, sorry. Britain is a bastion uh, onto the French coast uh, and British coast. Um, And 
Basically, aliens are invading, but what happens? They keep losing, and they can't work out why. And he goes out to battle, gets killed. As he dies, he wakes up at the start of the day, and he realises that these aliens can turn back time whenever they lose a battle, or whenever one of their uh, sort of alien generals, as it were, dies. Um, the film then follows him and Emily Blunt, who had a similar experience to him, where she also had that happening, uh, basically trying to work out and kill the main big alien. The Omega. The Omega. Now, this film... And that's, that's, that's yeah, your sorry. thing. That's yeah, sorry. Yeah, was it a minute. Yeah, I think there were a couple of bits that... Because he doesn't really work it out. She tells him what's going on. He can't work out why it's happened. So she they, I mean, they it, work... Yeah. yeah, so they, they he work He works out, out this, he's in a loop, essentially, doesn't he? Yeah, he works out he's in a loop. She works out that he's experiencing what she did because of his actions on the beach. And then their science mate, or her science mate, helps them properly. Um, And in all honesty, I think it sounds like a crap film. When I heard about it, I was like, it's it's just an alien shoot-em-up. I'll stick it on. It's sort of thing. I, I think I literally the first time I ever watched this was we stuck it on with with some mates because it was just like a DVD to watch. I was going to say this feels like the sort of crap you feel when you hear about the Tomorrow War. Yeah, yeah, it feels exactly like that. However, and it's probably something to do with it being based on a book because always you know you got a lot more meat to work with there than if you just got a screenplay. Um, but this film is good. It was the first foray I had, as I said, into uh, Noah Emily, Taylor. Emily that's Blunt. that's the person who plays the science guy. Noah Taylor, yes. Um, Who's been in? He's in. He's in Game of Thrones, isn't he? He's, he is. He's also um, the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He plays Charlie's dad. Oh yeah. Um, yeah he and he's also in Submarine and Paddington and things like that. But yeah. Oh my god, I forgot he was a dad in Submarine. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. very good in that. Um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it's got fucking Robin Hood, the the BBC Robin Hood's in it, <laughs> well, which is a really weird Jonah sorry. Armstrong. Yeah, is Jonah it? Yeah. Armstrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, it, this is this film is good. It's... I think what helps it, and it's the fact that Tom Cruise is a reluctant hero in it. Yeah. The fact that although he's a major in the army, the reason he's now in the army is because his advertising agency has gone tits up because of the wars so essentially he is now a marketing director so he's become an officer major so he's like spinning the war about all the positivity on it and he basically gets forced in there by um well he gets he gets by big daddy demo- Gle- demoted and thrown in doesn't he by big daddy gleason it is isn't it? it's brendan yeah. gleason yeah yeah um, um father of Domhnall gleason father of Domhnall. but yeah he basically throws him in there to start it off so he's he's already butted heads with the higher ups so he's stuck yeah. at the lowest rank now but yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a much better premise when you get into it, um, and it catches you off guard, really, doesn't it? I mean, obviously you know the premise, but mm. he's thrown in, he doesn't know what he's doing. He then fights um, the alpha, and it bleeds yeah. on him, and he gets the blood, so he can then go well, back. He, in yeah, time. he like dies like, in the same explosion as it, yeah. so it all sort of fuses. But and that basically keeps me in it. But it's a really nice idea in the fact that he has to learn from it, and it feels very much a learning experience mm. from there. It's a nice like re- he's learning to fight and then and then it's almost like you know when you're playing like a video game and you're trying to beat the same level it's it's that 
He knows exactly how the fight on the beach is going to go down. And there's like points where, as he gets further in the film, he's asking the people who are arming him at the start to like leave his helmet. He doesn't need it. But what yeah. he does need is like an extra battery, battery pack, pack, an extra it's... bit of this ammo, but not that one. And well, it's in the first iteration. He doesn't even know how to start no. the mech. You know, that's it's the... and it's and that sort of stuff. It it it's a really cool looking film. And when they finally get to the sort of nitty gritty where they are going through it, and they they start making it further into France and stuff, and it's just the two of them. And it becomes almost like an emotional sort of. There's there's more to it. Yeah, there suddenly becomes a, a lot to this film. Um, and all throughout, the reason they, they, or the way they're finding the Omega is because he's sort of getting visions of it. Yeah. Or, well, is it? And this leads to one of my favourite bits of the film, which genuinely, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to die. Yeah. Where he goes to where he thinks the Omega is, and yeah. one of the, the general aliens, the I call them. Are they called alphas? Yeah, they're, al- so they're what alphas. The f- what are the little ones? They're, they're, they're not grunts. names. They're just grunts. They haven't got names. But yeah, it's... Oh, I imagine betas are probably what they're yeah, called, aren't they? Like yeah. Um, basically stabs him, but won't kill him. Because to to be killed is to reset. Yeah. And they're trying to let him bleed out because they realise that he's a bit of a... Well, he's... he's He's he's, he's, him. he's evening the playing field, which yeah. is, has been an, an, an even. It's funny you mention it's like a video game. There's um, a game, uh, a game, a film that's just come out um, on Prime, worth worth checking out for anyone else doing it who likes this sort of like almost Groundhog Day thing. But you said like a video yeah. game. There's a film called uh, Boss Level, uh, starring Frank Grillo and uh, Mel Gibson, where he is pretty much in a. Cool. It's almost okay. like a style video game where he wakes up and someone's trying to kill him. He's got like all these henchmen after him but again he's learning the day what he should do and it's that that's, oh, that's cool so similar sort of thing just thought i'd throw that out there no, I, I, like wa- that. I like that sort of stuff i watched it today so i thought <laughs> I, oh, fair. coincidentally um but yeah i think it is a lot deeper than it could be there's a lot of those and i'm gonna use the term groundhog day films there are a lot of groundhog day films where it's replay the same one and a lot of them do it poorly you've really you've got groundhog day that does it well mm-hmm. i think you've got this that does it well mm-hmm. And more recently, Palm Springs that does mm-hmm. it well. Um, I agree. There are a few others probably smattered in there that I've missed out. By all means, shout at me and tell me I've done it wrong. But I think they're ones that are very, like, they know what they're doing. Mm. They do it right rather than being so self... It doesn't work, you know? Mm. This is very well done. And the action sequences are amazing. Yeah, they're brilliant in this. I, t- I, c- I can tell you that... Who directed it? Because I cannot remember off the top of my head. I know, I'm sure that there's someone who's been... Uh, Doug Lyman. Yeah, other, like... Big stuff. Who's also done Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, he did The Born Identity after Paul Greengrass did the first one. Right. Uh, most recently, he's done Chaos Walking, which has been uh, sort of panned. Um, but, yeah. This is American Made and Jumper. Yes. Jumper, again. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Ju- quickly talk about Jumper. Jumper is a cooler concept than what this is, but poorly done, I think. But I think the action sequences in Jumper are brilliant. Yeah, he knows how to do an action sequence. Although, yeah. this, he manages to do emotional sequences, that bit where they're... Um, talking about the helicopter to take off. Oh, so and lovely that. Bit. It's, it just works so nicely, doesn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Favorite moment in it. So favorite moment or theme or favorite moment for me. I mean, my favorite moment is probably when he messes up for the first time to roll under a car to go and gets Emily Blunt and oh, gets absolutely yeah. flattened. And yeah. I thought, brilliant. I'm glad he messed up. 
I honestly think my favourite bit of it is um, the second run of right. his life, okay. if that makes sense. That that yeah, little yeah. scene where he's going through it again, like, but I know what's going to happen here, and he hasn't worked out how to influence yeah. it to make it better, and it's that panic of, but I shouldn't be here, What, what what's going on? And I think that whole sequence is really good mm. uh, and really enjoyable. Um, and also his interaction with uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson at the beginning, those are my two favourite bits. Cool. I really like that. Yeah. I think it's a really strong throw throughout, but I think almost the earlier bits are better, in my mind, because I like how the concept is sort of Unfa- unfurled mm. to you as you start seeing more behind it I like it less but I think that's the mm. same with any of these sort of films yeah so that leads quite neatly into my least favourite bit of this film I don't know how on earth I would improve it but the final sequence feels like a forced final sequence yeah it's 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 a bit too much like um He's getting these, there. <laughs> these aliens... No, I'm so, so right. So these aliens have a tactical advantage at nearly everything. So yeah. they, so they, they realise, they go, you know, we've got to do this once and in one day. And that's the only way we're going to do it. Because the second we tried it and we failed, we will never do it. Yeah. But it seems too easy. I know yeah. people no, I die along the way and it's it's not easy. But it's... It seems easier than the fucking battle on the beach. It does. But equally, we don't know how many times the battle on the beach has happened at that point. At that point, no. I mean, I I agree. I think uh, my least favourite part is the forced blood transfusion, which I think leads into that point. Oh, where he wakes... Where he wakes up and he's having the blood... I was like, because they've already said it earlier. I know they've mentioned it earlier, so they have to do it, but like... There could have been a better way. Like he was potentially. But this is it. it to even me, if it, even if in my mind, even if he was like bleeding out, and it's the day after, so they know they can't go back, and she physically has to do a blood transfusion, which is not what she wants to do. But, to but me, make a, it a the, blood transfusion. It's an unnecessary uh, plot device, or not plot uh, th- threat. Not yes. threat. Um, yeah, sort of. It's an unnecessary catalyst because. Even if he already had the blood in him, even then, if they try the attack and it doesn't work, it's never going to work. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I've got one day because I've got one life until I and I can't reset anymore. It's a, uh, if we do it and it does reset, we've still fucked up. You don't need the blood transfusion to be gone I think as a thing. I guess it, it drives him. It's like they suddenly go... Oh right, fuck. Well, now we need that's to actually it. do that's it. That's what I mean. It, it's that point we go. Let's do this to cat- make it, as you said, the catalyst to go. Well, we have to do it now. We've got yeah. no choice but to do it now. And I thought it felt, it felt forced. I think that's the fair yeah. way. I don't want to say cheap. I think cheap's the wrong word for it. No, yeah. But again, it's it wasn't but, cheap. I don't think anything about this. Nothing about this film felt like a cheap, a cheap shot or a cheap yeah, uh, I, like yeah moment. I think the issue comes in, and it sounds awful to say the issue comes in with sci-fi films, but you are trapped in that you have to have a reason because you've already created a fantastical sort of bound by logic sort of thing. With, with time travel, you have mm. to sort of set parameters, so there has to be a way out of it and stuff. She loves yeah. her time travel films. Pam? She loves her time travel She does love her time travel films. Looper yeah. is one of the best... I know that we're not, we're not talking about it right now, but Looper is one of the best time travel films, I think, in its explanation and yeah. execution of time travel. Let's, let's get past that. Yeah. And uh, should we move on to the ratings for this? Yes. So, what did you give this? Now, this when this has been, I think, since my first watch. 
it's gone up each time. Yeah. I think the first time I watched it, I went, yeah, that was enjoyable. It was a good action role. And then I watched it again. I went, oh, man, I really want to watch that again. And then I watched it again. I went, oh, okay, yeah, this is going up. And now I watched it this time. I went, they, it is really hard for me to fault this film in a lot of ways. I'm not saying this is not a five-star film. For me, this is four days in hell. Ah, see, mine's three and a half days in a loop, is what I put. But yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a full three and a half. Like, if you gave me a rating from, like, on 100, I don't think it's a 70, but I don't think it's an 80. I think it's somewhere in between the two, but I think it is slightly closer to that three and a half than a four. And that's where it is. I'm very close on the boundary. I think it's a very well done film. I think it's great. I think it's really enjoyable. But that's why I hit three and a half rather than four. Again, not a bad film. I think it's a great film. I think everyone should watch it. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Should we move on to our last film? Yes. Our last film, which is our uh, highlight, and now available on Disney Plus. If you're willing to pay twenty pounds, or just wait a couple of weeks, yeah. um, or go to the cinema, um, it's Jungle Cruise. Yeah. You ready to do um, the plot in a minute? Because oh, there's a lot to do in a minute for Jungle Cruise. Do you reckon? Nah. Only if you focus on all the little bits. Yeah. yeah which I is guess. It, yeah. which is really hard to do. So over to you. Plot um, in a minute. Emily Blunt's an archaeologist. But she's in a man's world and she's got to sh- prove herself. She thinks she's found the cure for every illness in the world, it would appear, uh, in some ancient legend from uh, the South American jungle. And she goes searching for it. Um, she meets the man who's going to take her on the cruise, which is the rock. And, oh no, there's a prince after her who wants the same thing that she does. And, oh no, there's Paul Giamatti and he wants his boats. And oh no, there's a Spanish con- uh, what's, what are they called? conquistadors. Conquistadors who are after the same thing she is. And everyone wants it, and yeah, and they're <laughs> undead. And they're they're all yeah. I mean, and they have to go down the Amazon to get it to the Tree of Life, essentially. Yeah. And but- and it's and it's that there are a lot of things going on, but. At its core, they all want the same thing. That's it. Uh, um, <laughs> after I watched it, and I think we said it just to give like a rough, because we're not going to try and spoil this too much, because no. it's obviously a new release, and we want you guys to watch it, enjoy it, or hate it, entirely up to you. Mm. Um, it feels very much like it's trying to capture the idea of what the mummy was, is what I said to you, wasn't it? And I think yeah. you agree. It's that idea that every generation, or like every five, ten years, they try and capture that pulpy goodness mm. and just put something out there that the family will enjoy. Do I think they've captured the mummy here? No. But do I think they've found a nice middle ground that's perfect for kids rather than just that sort of... Yeah. Thing? It's, it's, mum, it's closer to the mummy returns than it is closer to the mummy. Yeah, but equally, I don't think... I don't think It's not as good. Uh, other than, like, Raiders, I don't think there's a film that's, like, about a similar thing that's as good as the mummy. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's that sort of... That, that, that pulp... But I get... Punch a Nazi in the face sort of feeling. Yeah. Yeah, in... it, yeah and it very much is that. And... Funny enough, the bad guy in this is German. I well, it's like... Jesse Plemons playing a German guy. And I love Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is so good. He's so he's been so underrated. He was started out in Friday Night Lights, and it looked like he was never going to get a, an acting role afterwards because he's just not a marketable was guy. Was that pre Breaking Bad? Yeah. Was it? He was a kid in it. Oh, is it? Friday Night Lights. Yeah, he's like um, uh, a football kid that oh, runs yeah, The it's... first I ever knew of him was was as Todd in the last series breaking back him and the the attractive guy who's in game night which jesse plemons is also in yeah um he's his he's his coach and um there's also the guy who's from john carter 
the one on Mars, John Carter of Mars. Yeah. He's also in Friday Night Lights. Oh, so, yes, cool. a few, few people are made out of that. Huh. But, yeah, it's Jesse Plemons playing that. You've got Jack Wagtoll playing her brother, who is, and I don't think it's... Is it a spoiler to say what I was about to say? No, it's been all over the internet. First openly gay yeah. character. But not openly gay. He, well, he mentions it, but he can't be openly gay. Yeah, he's... Yeah, so he's sort Repressed of says, gay. Well, but this is the thing, is they still don't say the word gay. It's obviously what they're alluding to. But it's, what is it, his, his tastes are elsewhere. His tastes are elsewhere. I mean, they, they allude to it, but it's so obvious. It's not like, I know a lot of people were talking about how Luca was I've, quite that no, sort of thing. I, but it's yeah. very much like, no, clearly this is what he is. It's just, he can't do it at, at that time. He, he's not accepted by I feel like it's, it's a real cop-out from Disney. Oh, yeah. In all honesty. Because he's not openly gay. He's the first character who sort of said they might be gay. I mean... Well, if we're if we're really going for it, I think Timon and Pumbaa were like gay. <laughs> but what, any, like, any reason why? Or they literally, I don't know. They were. It's, they, they it's seem, also cro- it's also cross species there, so it's a different thing love. entirely. Yeah, yeah. but that, not that I don't. But think I think that, in a Disney but they're, movie, but they're in it? love with life. I think more than anything else, it's just they're happy and content with their own companionship I think they're both asexual that's how I look at those more like you know what we've got our grubs we've got some sun we've found acceptance in each other anyway Jack Whitehall comes out this way The Rock is obviously far far too big to be in in this boat he's The Rock and he's doing he does what The Rock does he's less smouldery in this he's trying to be a con man he's not the nicest guy there's less uh, I, I genuinely quite liked him in this film. I no, I, I liked him, but I'm saying it's not that sort of like. Yes, I'm all, I'm clearly the good guy the whole way through. Oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That, yeah, no, I'm I mean. saying as in I liked his performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like Emily Blunt at the very beginning of the film, and I liked her more as she went on. Why? Well, I want this. I want that. Well, you, they said no. Just follow. I think I've just got into grumpy old man mode uh. recently. I'm like, just they've given you the rules. I know it's not fair, but this is what they've said, and they own it. And she she steals it and then acts like it was nothing nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but if she didn't steal it, German prince would have it. Yeah, but she still stole it and he bought it. If he has more money, then that's unfortunately that's the way the world works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not that's not fair. I mean, he's, he was probably bought with Nazi gold because it's clearly that he's a Nazi, although it doesn't quite clearly say it. Uh, I don't think he's a Nazi. I think he is. Isn't this is this set then? I have no idea when it's set. I feel like it's nineteen. 19- uh, late 1930s. Yeah, I, was... I feel like it's post-World War One, pre-World War Two. I felt it was very Raiders of the Lost it Ark felt, era. Oh, no, it felt quite Kaiser-y more than it felt Yeah, I can get Nazi. that. Yeah, it's pointy helmets, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose. I think it's somewhere in between. I can <laughs> work out if he's, like, getting it to make sure Germany's the superpower, which they wouldn't have been, because Kaiser-y would have to be earlier than post-World War, because that was all over then. That was now the Weimar Republic. Yeah, but I could see... I, to me, it was quite... <laughs> History a, lessons now, guys. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about this film. Yep. It was filmed in, like, 2017. Really? Yeah. I only know this because I was listening to a podcast the other day from 2018 where Jack Whitehall is talking about filming Jungle Cruise with The Rock. That makes sense because I remember he was talking because he was also cast in another Disney film. So he's got he's got Clifford coming out soon. Clifford Big Red, Big Red Dog is Jack Whitehall. He's Does the, he? He's the lead guy in that with Clifford. He's the dad. Oh, I like that he's actually made it. I think so that's he's done it. Cool. And then like he him. was also in a 
was he in Frozen or something? I think he was in Frozen, wasn't he? He was cut from Frozen. And he was cut from it. But that was around the same time that when he was doing that. That was, when was he pre was pre this. Yeah, but Frozen it was... would have been his first. Yeah, I now, his, I now pronounce you trollfully married or something yeah. like that. But that's what I mean. Like he was around that time. And I remember there were being talked about it. So that makes sense. It was around then it was being filmed. But it's been obviously been percolating for a while. I don't know why it's been held yeah, up Yeah, it so really long. has. Um, Is it because boats are really slow? Yeah, I think so. Just took a while to get here. Yeah, they've just been. They tried a riverboat across the Atlantic, and they lost the tape, so they had to oh, refilm it. Nice. Um, <laughs> but what did you really like about this film? So, without, I mean, you, I suppose my favorite bit of this film is the bit where you uh, see the uh, origin of the undead conquistadors, and it has Metallica's brand new, re-recorded for this cover, or. No, re-recording. It's not a cover. It's their song. Re-release? Of Nothing Else Matters. But it's not re-release, is it? Because it's, it's slightly different arrangement. Which is brilliant. Yeah, really it's good. It's a really cool, mellow r- arrangement of Nothing Else, which I think is a great song. And I heard it, I went, this is Metallica in a Disney <laughs> film. And then I looked it up and they literally went yeah. in to re-record it. Um, I, I really it's like that. It's brilliant. It's yeah. a great sequence. Um, I want to say Jesse Plemons, but I don't like that whole story, and it's a shame because I really like Jesse Plemons. Um, I don't think he was needed. Either. He wasn't necessary. I think my favourite part of it might be near the beginning again. I, I like the beginning film. I like the con at the very beginning that um, the Rock pulls in. Oh yeah. Without giving too much away, but the con that he pulls at the beginning uh, and the reveal of what the the con was is really good at the at the beginning of it. Um, also, I like Paul Giamatti in this, even though he's only in it for a bit. I just like him being like Paul, Paul Giamatti. Giamatti yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. What would you improve of this film? Is it going to be the same as me? That it's too long again, and it's too convoluted. It's just bloated, isn't it? I think it's bloated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that. That's like the what hull I... of a ship. I, in all honesty, and I, I, I kind of hate myself for saying this. I would improve this film by recasting Jesse Plemons' character. Okay. I love him, but I feel like had you gone for a really OTT campy old school Disney villain mm-hmm. style for the German prince, I think this film would have been more fun. Definitely. It felt like they tried to make it a bit too serious there, and you already had the serious thing with the conquistadors, which was actually, in hindsight, it's quite a serious story. I mean, not yeah. not that it's giving much away, but the conquistadors basically committed genocide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it, spoilers, guys, if you don't know about history. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I mean. But like, so that is already your, your dark your, your story. Hook. Yeah, and I think a funnier villain could have made it better. This is where it leads into what I would have done. Again, yeah. I would have got rid of, I would have got rid of the whole story with the oh, German. Okay, fair. And made Paul Giamatti the villain when they got to the because he then realizes what the value is in what she's oh, doing. Right, yeah, yeah. So not only is he after his boat, but mm. he's also after that to then get get back his losses. So you can make him into this big campy villain that's changed. Mm. And you could do that with Paul Giamatti, yeah, I think, very easily. Very and you could villain. do it that way. And that's how I think you'd improve it. Yeah, in my I mind. spot that. I like that. But that's 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 what I would do with um, Jungle Cruise. Not to say it's a bad film. Again, no. I, I thought it was alright. So it's what, enjoyable. What did you give this? Three. You Solid three. You gave it three. I gave it three lands out of five at Disney. Nice. <laughs> yes, but yeah, three. Oh yeah, I didn't realise this. I sent you a message. I said this film be this feels like they've made a film like to create a ride from and you were like It is it's a, a ride. film based on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> I had no fucking clue. And, I, and I've been on it. Have I've, you? Yeah. I've been 
done it. Yeah, <laughs> it's in most know. places. Yeah, 1957, the first uh, first one was uh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long time in the works and probably doesn't pay off as much as you'd expect for 63, 64 years in, in no. the works, but it's still a fun film. Considering they had no sort of basis for the story outside of a ride, they've they really clambered this one together in a good way, I think. But yeah, good film. That's our films. Cool, but obviously that's not all the films we want to talk about, so yeah. should we look at our rankings for what is Ebony Blunt's best and worst in What a Ranker? What a, a ranker. ranker. You like me right now. You like me. Did you struggle with this one? Uh, yeah. I, I struggled a bit. I struggled with... for my top. Yeah, my bottom was easy for me. Oh, was it? Really easy for me. Although I had quite a few, uh, I don't want to say, at one and a half stars. I had about two or three at one and a half stars of her films, which is a shame. But I know which one I dislike the most. Um, do you want to do the best first? As yeah. you normally do. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. So my number three um, film for Emily Blunt is A Quiet Place. Yeah, same. Is your number two Looper? Yeah, same. And is your number one Sicario? Yeah, same. <laughs> I think I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair ranking. I think if you ask most people, that's probably where you're going to get. You might get some Edge of Tomorrow's in there. You might get some. But I loved. This is the thing. Mary Poppins. I you loved, might get in there. I love the Mary Poppins, but I think you could. But, easy... I, but I think that though. Also, I think though those three films are very. Just I think they're. They are all three of them are good for their own right of the film they're trying to put out, isn't they're it? They're a very good film, and they are also a very good performance from Emily Blunt. Yes. Whereas I think Mary Poppins is a better performance, performance from Emily it. Blunt than it is a film, but it's still a good film. Definitely. I mean, me wrong. Quite a Place, a really good take on the sort of horror genre, um, done really well, wonderfully mm-hmm. acted, she's brilliant in it, it's mm-hmm. real fraught. Looper, brilliant take on sci-fi, as we said. Great time travel. It's great to see it. It's Rain Johnson. I think he's a great film creator. Yeah. When he isn't forced into a franchise, I think that's fair for most people. Although I liked his Star Wars, I think he's good. It was the it's best a... directed Star Wars, but it was the worst Star Wars for your for, for you. But yeah. as as an actually, it's not the worst Star Wars. But um, as I but like his own properties like Brick, uh, Brothers Bloom, Looper, yeah. Knives Out, great stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and then Sicario, which I think is. It's just phenomenal. A really well done piece. And again, you get Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin doing some brilliant acting, especially Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. In that. Um, and uh, David Kluya. Mm. But some lovely shots. All three worth checking out. I can't mm. wait to check out A Quiet Place 2. I still haven't had a chance to see it yet, and I'm hoping it's as good as the first. Yeah, not me. Um, worst film? Uh, worst film for me was uh, The Adjustment Bureau. Funny, yeah, it's not my worst film. No. Not by a long way. My worst film is Nomeo and Juliet. That film can go fuck itself. Are you serious I right now? I hate Nomeo and Juliet. Nomeo and Juliet's brilliant. I hate it. Are you I, really? Are you yeah. Genuinely. Genuinely. I looked at that and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a contender there. One and a half stars gave Nomeo and Juliet. Shut up. My Close. God. Um, if I'd hang on Nomeo and Juliet, it would have been The Wolfman, which, shame, is Benicio Del Toro again. But um, that was my that was my second to last one. It's definitely, though, Nomeo and Juliet. I really don't like it. Um, it might be it, was, be- it wasn't brilliant, but... It might be because people said I looked like Nomeo, which really hurt me, but <laughs> I've taken a bad... I've taken offence to it. <laughs> yeah. The Adjustment Bureau, I, I, I would not what? recommend The Adjustment Bureau to fucking anyone. What, Magic Hat? It's just... I, wa- I watched it and I went in to watch it with my dad um, because we saw a trailer for it 
and from the trailer, it, it looks, looks good. It looks almost a bit yeah. matrixy, a bit sort of, you know, I like. It came out at a similar time as Source Code as well, didn't it? Yeah, it's a bit sort of man behind the curtain, but like mm. everything's going a bit weird and funky and Inception-y. and but in short, and it wasn't. Like it. it was just shit. Because it, it wasn't, it wasn't a good action film, and it was a shit romance film, and it wasn't funny. It had, it had nothing. Oh, why it was? I don't know how. If you don't think that's worse than Romeo and Juliet, because Romeo and Juliet is a bad <laughs> film. It's a horrible <laughs> film. Um, yeah, so that's bringing us close to the end. Um, I want to do some thank yous before we do our clue. So do stick around for that. Mm-hmm. But um, so thank you for listening. Um, really appreciate it. Um, also want to say thank you to Cast Me to Hell podcast um, yes. for calling us out recently. Not calling us out, thanking so, us. They said we did a shit job. They did. <laughs> they're going to fight us in the streets apparently, but they're going to win because they like horror films. Um, <laughs> but they're worth checking out if you like um, horror movies. They do stuff on them, and they've just celebrated their one year anniversary, um, and they've done a special one, which is where we've been mentioned um, as a podcast. So if you're here from because of them, thank you. If you're not. Thank you anyway. Um, if you want to get more stuff from us, do check out our socials. That's uh, Instagram and, well, which is at uh, ONBWPod. Um, we do have a Facebook page as well, um, which, but that's really, it's worth just checking out. Um, the Instagram, Twitter's mm. pretty dead. So just, just use Instagram at the moment. That's where, where we're sitting. Yes. Um, and hopefully you're enjoying the new rebrand. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, but before we go, the clue for next week. Oh, it's my privilege. Thank you. This chromium prison cannot be made an ally because it's missing an ingredient, an element more than an ingredient, but we'll write it all down for you. Have a listen back. See if you can get it. It is cryptic this time. I hope you get it, Um, but I'm excited about what our next episode is, so we hope we see you then. Um, And that brings us to the end of another episode. As always, I've been Josh. I've been Josh. And we've been Josh. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was bad. (laughs) 